0: Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here today with one of my newest colleagues, somebody who has been incredibly impressive in a short amount of time, so I'm very much looking forward to this conversation about journalism and sports and his background, Diego Sandoval, new news hawk sports editor, and uh, that's so cool. And uh, you're doing a great job. How are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, thank you for, for the
1: kind words. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm usually not the one getting interviewed. So, so it's a little, little role reversal, But but I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for having me on
0: again. Yeah. Well, my, my pleasure. Uh, it's been so cool to work with you, uh, the last several months. Uh, you, uh, you know, initially as kind of a freelancer and then getting hired as sports editor. And, uh, it, it's exciting. And I have to say as a veteran journalist, uh, who loves journalism and has worked with a wide variety of journalists over the years, I've been really impressed with your abilities, your skill, your enthusiasm and, uh, the way you've really hit the ground running in this position. So um, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, what does it mean, Diego? You're the new sports editor for NewsHawk. So talk to me about your plans, your vision, what people have already seen and what they can expect in the future.
1: Yeah, it um, means a lot, uh, first of all, to kind of, you know, move up quickly. It was kind of in the cards. You know, I got hired in June as, as a sports writer. But, you know, Barry Punzel, who, you know, just stepped down, uh, was a great mentor, and, but it was always kind of his plan to to step down at some point this year, and so had kind of a sense that this is, was coming. Uh, but it, it's amazing to you know be be able to be put in this position so early. You know, I you know we'll get into my background later, but I remember you know I was an athlete in Santa Barbara, and so I remember you know seeing my name in NewsHawk and and knowing that feeling, and and kind of being able to be the person now that that gives athletes give these these high school athletes that feeling of oh you know, people are acknowledging what I'm doing is really special, and I'm really grateful to be able to do that. Um, In terms of what, you know, you've already seen, I I just finished up my first fall sports season. You know, there are still, you know, a couple athletes, you know, involved in some playoffs that are trickling in, but, you know, it was was a great year of, you know, football, tennis, golf, uh, volleyball, all those kind of fall sports. Um, And one thing I was really kind of trying to bring to it is more of a, you know, a presence on social media for Newshawk sports, because with, you know, sports journal- journalism specifically, you know, obviously social media is growing everywhere, but sports journalism is kind of moving to a much more social media dominated world where you, know, you have live tweeting, where that's how people watch games. That they, they may not necessarily tune into, you know, three hour long broadcasts of games anymore. They just want, you know, the quick hitting updates. And so I've tried to bring, bring a lot of that to the Newshawk sports Twitter uh, it's, it's at NewsHawk Sports, um, you know, live tweeting games, just so, you know, in the moment, if you're not able to go out to a game, you can kind of still follow along through NewsHawk. And that's something that, you know, we deal with in Santa Barbara when there's seven high schools. Some schools have up to 20 games. There's going to be a lot of crossover. And so people that want to go, you know, to, to multiple games but can't are able to kind of follow them all through NewsHawk. And so. That's one thing that I'm kind of trying to bring to the table is that growth on social media, because again, that's where a lot of the the audience is almost moving to. And then just kind of keeping it, you know, focused on the local high school athletes. I know there's a lot in Santa Barbara, UCSB, City College, Westmont. You look at those big three and you could have a, you know, a, a publication just based off the Santa Barbara colleges. But knowing that you know, the high schools, there's so many schools in Santa Barbara. It's very unique that there are, you know, three big public schools. There's four private schools. It, it's a lot. Um, and I, I think I, I take a lot of pride, and NUSOC takes a lot of pride in being the, the people that can, you know, showcase the, these high school athletes because we have a lot of talent, and we have a lot of great sports teams. Uh, San Marcos Boys Water Polo just won the CIF title. It's it's really, a you know, a thriving community for sports where, you know, maybe not in the bigger sports, football, Santa Barbara high football is a great team, but even the, you know, girls, water polo, beach volleyball, Santa Barbara really thrives in those kind of sports. And I think that's one thing that the other thing I really want to bring to this is kind of highlighting the fact that Santa Barbara is a a special community for, for high school sports. And it's not something that you see every day.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well said. And I know, the community really loves high school coverage because kids, families, parents, they don't have a lot of places to to turn to. There's been a lot written about the Santa Barbara News Press, and obviously they're out of business. Uh, back in the day, right, people loved the News Press because that was your local place where you would see the sports coverage. And you had guys like Mark Patton and John Zant and Barry and Chick. Yeah. Dan Shields, and all these people who covered all of this stuff. And um, then that kind of started to decline. And then we saw Presidio Sports, which uh, tried to make a run at it online. And so there was some sports coverage. And there's the Independent, and Victor Bryant Mm -hmm. does sports coverage there and does a good job there. And then, you know, we have NewsHawk, which has been, for a while, been kind of the go-to place in the absence of – other outlets ever being able to fill up that old hole that the news press left for the high school sports and for the college sports and parents love that stuff like you just want to see your your kid's name in print a little mention maybe a photo and there's nowhere else to go for that anymore i mean well you know the places i outlined but it has just changed so much so mm-hmm. what you're doing is is really essential and you know, a lot of News focuses on government, City Hall, but everyday real families, they don't read that stuff. They want to read about what their youth is doing in the community. Talk to me about your approach, Diego. There's so many sports, so many high schools, so much to do. You're a a royal. You're a San Marcos grad. I won't hold that against you. Just Um, How do you approach all this, like, objectively, just, like, covering this stuff and prioritizing the news? Yeah,
1: that, that was something that I, that I came in and I really wanted to kind of put in a, a structure of, okay, you know, ha- having these and because, you know, you said it, there are so many things going on in the Santa Barbara sports world. I'd said it seven high schools, three colleges. And then on top of that, all the extracurriculars, you know, half marathons, triathlons, competitions, there's, there's everything offered here. And the way that, that I, I've done it and the way that Barry kind of handed it over to me is that the main priority is high schools because without NewsHawk, they're not covered anywhere else, basically. And, you know, especially you get into, you know, the the, the lesser maybe followed teams, the, the golfs, the tennises, the uh, the beach volleyballs where, you know, most publications will, will cover their high school football, you know, team or their high school basketball team because it's you know the the big market sport um, when you get older or you get to the college level. But Newsock, you know, we cover every single sport for every single high school. And it is tough to to note we cover all of them. Obviously some get more consideration whether it's a, a rivalry game, crosstown rivalry games are, are big and then, you know, obviously there are a lot of them being being that there's seven schools. Um, but I, I think it's just Making sure there's equal coverage to all high schools. I try to get out to many of the high schools as I can, and and if I can't, I rely a lot on, you know, coaches uh, do a great job sending in, you know, box scores. They recap their games for me because, you know, bottom line, there's 12 games happening, say, tonight. Tonight I'm going to the San Marcos High School basketball opener, but there are 12, you know, I think like 10 other games happening at the same time. So I go cover the San Marcus game and the way I choose that is you know it's the game in town and it's kind of the most marquee matchup, opening night, San. Mar- there are a lot of factors that go into me deciding what games I go to in person. It's you know the record of the team, if it's a playoff, you know contention type game, if it's you know a, a sport I haven't been to yet, you know we're gonna have basketball, girls water polo, both the soccers heating up this year. So I'm starting with basketball and then hit every other sport from there. Um, but, you know, picking and choosing, it's it's hard a lot of the times. But, um, you know, I try my best to, to be as even as possible and cover as many schools. And the bottom line is if maybe I won't get out to a game or, or something like that. But if you send something into to NewsHawk, I will – write it up and get it onto the website as long as it's obviously, you know, what we're looking for in terms of a, a story recap or stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's a lot and it's sometimes tough to balance, but try my best to kind of evenly spread out the coverage with obviously there, there, there's some, you know, here and there, there, you know, blips where it's a very important game. So maybe I'll cover, you know, Santa Barbara basketball, two times in a week because it's a big, you know, rivalry game or it's big for their playoff push. But the bottom line is it's high schools, the better game I decide. And then colleges kind of come next where they have their, their own information directors and stuff like that. So they, they get their stuff out into the world without NewsHawk or kind of, you know, on their own. Whereas we're kind of like the second line is, Hey, here's, if you didn't see this, you know, here it is on NewsHawk. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, the community events and the the more extracurricular stuff that, that we cover. And sometimes that's that, that's difficult to get to just because there's so much before that. And, you know, me being the only full-time person on staff working on sports. But again, I try my best to get to as many things as possible and to be as even as possible. And yes, you know, I am a Sam Marcus alum, so so that is in my blood a little bit, um, but yeah, throw that out the window when I'm covering when I'm covering games.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh it's good though, right? You're invest in the community and you have that history. And so uh context matters and you get all the yeah. context. I want to ask you this question because you're doing sports coverage, but we are talking about kids. Um, you know, kids, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 in high school. And what is your approach in terms of what you write about, what you leave out of a story, because you know if you cover a Dodger game uh, for the LA Times, it's the coverage is going to be as true and authentic. And sports writers are going to call out bad plays, bad coaching decisions. And in the world of youth sports and high school sports, that's uh, it's a little different, right, in terms of the approach, because we are talking about kids who are still learning, right. And so, can you talk about? your approach? Do you, do you just focus on the positive plays? If, if a pitcher uh, does something, you know, do you call them out for something or if there's an error in a game, what, what is your approach to accountability when you cover sport, uh, sports in high school?
1: Yeah. So sports, you know, it takes it kind of a different role. I feel like with news talk and with local journalism, Mark Patton wrote a column earlier this year about John Zant and, you know, he kind of called the sports sports department the toy department uh, of the news press where it's it, it's a bit more fun it's it's more positive it's you, you mentioned it earlier where ever you know the other sections are talking about you know politics or, or current you know what's going on negative a lot of the time sports is kind of the the opposite where you kind of get to have fun and, and read about these games and yeah you, you you know you do have to be very careful with, with high school high school athletes because they are learning the game and they are still teenagers. And I can't write about them like how I write about even UCSB athletics. It's, it's a whole nother world at the division one level. They're basically professionals at this point. So there, you don't really have to tiptoe as much. You can kind of, you know, tell it how it is, but at the high school level, you do kind of calling people out on the negatives. You know, if there is, you know, fumble say in, in a football game, I'm not going to go out and say, you know, So-and-so made a bad decision and and fumbled the ball just because nobody really, you know, would care much if it was left out. It's not that big of a, you know, instead of focusing on who fumbled the ball, you turn it around and say so-and-so forced the fumble and, you know, flip it on the positive side. Who did the positive thing that kind of led to that play? And so it is shy away from, from, people say or or, or the negative side again you have to still tell the story of the game so those things can't really be omitted like you can't just like kind of brush over the fact that a mistake was made leading to a game-winning you know play or something like that but it definitely is a line that that you have to toe. where at least for me i not to you know use an individual's name in a negative connotation at all just because it it is Local sports, it's high school sports the, the, these kids are learning, and these kids are most of them are in it to have fun and, and most of them are having fun and so having the media there, they don't need the media bashing them you know as a 14, 15 year old playing a sport that that they love. you know when you get older and you become a professional or the college level, it turns more into that you know almost a profession or a job where you can get criticized and you kind of have to expect that whereas these kids now, they don't they don't need that in their lives that they, they, they like the positive coverage and as long as it tells the story of the game uh, I try my best to to leave out any kind of negative connotation or or anything like that towards individuals or even teams as a whole
0: right yeah it's good and and you have to do that because just like in professional sports the coach gets mad at you right you, you might <laughs> yeah. walked out of the locker room right and so exactly. And
1: so that, that's another dance. thing is, is, yeah, is maintaining that, that relationship because, you know, like, like, like we said, NewsHawk is the only, you know, or publication in town that covers every sport, every school, um, that, that, you know, Santa Barbara has to offer. And so, you know, if I come at a coach or a player and say, you know, why do you do this? Why are you doing this wrong? Which is maybe something I would do at a higher level they can easily just, you know, not go to me anymore and, and not, you know, give me the quotes I want or give me if, because like I said, I do rely on coaches and, and, you know, local even parents to to send me in stuff so that I can, you know, you know, report on these games. And so that, that also goes into it is maintaining that that positive relationship because it is a, you know, it's a give and take, we're, we're both benefiting. We get their names out there and they kind of give us the information uh, that we need. So it's definitely a dance that, that you
0: have to do. Definitely. And that's true. I cover a lot of government. It's the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. you, you upset a council member, a staff member, all of a sudden you're reading some scoop and, you know, another publication they'll get back to you. So it's that dance of accountability, but you also need to know your beat and know your sources. Uh, Diego, I've been very impressed with your knowledge and, uh, Journalism uh, skills and instincts, and how well spoken you are. Uh, yes, this is ageist. You know, you're yeah. 22, uh, but yeah. you seem like a pro. I mean, it seems like you've been doing this for a long time already. Talk to me about journalism, and then we'll go into your background. But talk about journalism. Like, well, you're good at it, right? And you're 22 <laughs> year old. Where does this come from? Like, why do you love journalism so much? Yeah. So go back to.
1: My, my journey with with journalism. It was around end of end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year at San Marcos. Um, I kind of began thinking about what I wanted to do because that, that that that's what you know they're doing these days with kids. You know, you got to know what you, exactly what you want to do when you grow up by your sophomore year of high school. But you know, I, I was starting to apply for colleges, doing some research, and and kind of looking at what majors I might fit into. And sports had always been one of the biggest parts of my life. I, I played sports since I was, you know, started baseball when I was three, four years old. But one of the first outfits I ever wore as a little baby was a uh, a baseball onesie. So so it, it's been in my life forever. Um, and so something I really loved and was drawn to. Um, and you know, I, I played I played baseball in high school, but around that time that I was, you know, starting to the fact that I probably wasn't going to play at the next level and so you know but I still had that love for sports and I love to talk about it and I love to watch it with friends and then you know debrief after the game about what happened and so I was looking for something sports related in a career and so I came upon sports journalism you know I've read sports articles I've watched sports analysts on tv my whole life Um, I enjoyed you know writing throughout school so I thought oh, we'll try it out. And I took the journalism class at San Marcos, uh, my fall semester of senior year. Um, Started writing for the King's Page. Uh, Mr. Orne uh, was the professor. I also had him for AP U.S. History. So I knew him and he, you know, invited me. I became the sports editor in a couple of weeks there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I enjoyed it enough to to apply to schools with the desired major of either communications or journalism. Um, And you know, it worked out to where I ended up studying journalism. We can talk about that later. But my my kind of love for journalism and the, the you know idea behind it started out as a love for sports. And journalism was kind of just like what followed suit. Like that allowed me to stay in sports, you know, longer in my life um, and eventually my career. Um, and that love for sports is still there. Um, but the love for journalism has definitely grown and kind of become more, you know, at the, it was more like this and it's become kind of closer to where sports and journalism are, are together especially of late and it's kind of grown for me you know when I was at Cal Poly which I'm sure we'll talk about was kind of a way for me to educate and form the Cal Poly community about sports on campus on a campus that you know Cal Poly sports it's not the biggest part of of, of the you know university like it is at a sec school or or all those other schools so it was a way for me to kind of hey you know we have good sports here let's talk about it and now just the fact that i've moved back home and journalism is now a, a valuable way for me to give back to to the community that's given me so much you know growing up has you know you know multiplied my my love and my passion for journalism you know immensely so that's kind of how i got into journalism and and it's definitely grown, you know, me enjoying journalism again, you know, four or five years ago, I had no idea if I even enjoyed, you know, writing about sports. I just knew I liked sports and I was decent at writing. And so it was definitely something that grew uh, across say the college years were definitely the, the most impactful, but um, that's, that's
0: kind of my, my story with journalism. There's so much talked about when it comes to, print media dying, journalism shrinking and young people constantly being on social media. Do your friends read newspapers, whether online or print, uh, how do they get their sports or are they just watching like Pat McAfee and, you know, his show, <laughs> and, you know, um, sort of ESPN and these talkers. What's, what's the Stephen A. Smith. Is that his name? Um, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> is that how they get their sports or are people reading uh, sports like you know online or print publications anymore? Yeah,
1: it's very it's a it's very 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 little reading of the of the you know online public publications. I know a lot of people that are you know subscribed to the athletic and, and the bigger kind of organizations like that. And when they are, you know, sitting down and reading an article, it's much more likely to be, you know. a a long feature article about, you know, an athlete, a player, a team, whatever it may be um, that they're interested in. If they're, if it's just like a game that they want to learn about or, you know, a player they want to kind of check up on, it'll rarely be through a a publication. It's kind of, you know, the ESPN app or or the Bleacher Report app, all those kind of things. But then yeah, TV, I think is the, where, where sports, sports journalism and sports media is thriving at the moment because, you know, it, it sports journalism. If we want to kind of delve into that world, is, is very interesting at the moment because you know it, it it feels like every day it's moving more and more into an entertainment industry rather than you know a, a hard journalism, which is obviously you know has been beneficial to those ESPNs or the Fox Sports. You have guys like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, or like Shannon Sharp, former players Pat McAfee. You mentioned where. You know they're they're making talking about sports like funny and exciting and you know it's getting clicks and it, it's right. maybe not the best information that you're getting but it, it you know it draws you in and it, it's entertaining to watch because who wouldn't want to watch you know two guys who are very passionate argue about something that you're also passionate about mm-hmm. and I think you know it is good and there's a lot of room for that clearly and it's positive for the sports world because it's bringing people in and it's. It's entertaining to the viewer, but I do think a little bit more of a balance is needed to where there can be that entertainment based and subjective side, but there also needs to be, you know, maybe people that we elevate to the level of Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless that are much more, you know, here are the facts and here's what's actually happening. Let's not get into our opinions too much because in the end, that's, that's what journalism is. It's delivering, you know, information and delivering stuff to the public. Um, and so I'd say my generation is much more drawn to that entertainment based kind of journalism where, you know, it's loud and it, it's exciting and it's, it's fun. Um, but I do think that there's, we're still missing a little bit of the balance there to where people don't have as many, you know, hard sources or hard journalists that they can go to and say, you know, I trust this person, you know, a hundred percent. And I understand what they're saying. And so I'd, to get back to your original question, it's social media it is where people are, are watching a lot of the things that go down. You know, Stephen A. Smith has his ESPN show, but obviously ESPN or Sports Center is going to post, you know, 30-second clips of Stephen A. Smith throughout the day. And so people will see that and send it to each other and then talk amongst there. So I'd say the, the majority of kind of media intake is through social media at my age, whether that be Twitter or X, um, or Instagram. Uh, those are kind of the main two in my demographic as of right now. And, you know, it, it, it get, there's a lot of information there. Obviously, we know the power of social media. Um, and so I'd say that the, the use in my age group is definitely, you know, going down in terms of reading publications uh, for, you know, what they were originally intended to be as just like, you know, here, here are the games that happened. You can now, you know, go on Twitter and just scroll and you see all 15 NBA game final scores and that's all you really need to know. Right. So it's definitely, you know, social media and then those apps that that these, you know, publications are are developing where it's so easy to just click and swipe and you got your news for the day basically.
0: Yeah, and so much of that sports stuff, you kind of want that those personalities in the coverage. Right. Do you hate Stephen A Smith as much as everyone else seems to <laughs> or are you I so you
1: Hate him I I because I think I with a bit of a with the knowledge the the journalism knowledge that you know most people may not have in that I think people just need to look at him more as an entertainer than you know an NBA analyst that knows his stuff and obviously you know he, he he you know went up the ranks as a journalist and you know was a you know beat writer a columnist but he's entered this whole nother realm where they're basically paying him to yell his opinion at other people. <laughs> and you can't really look at that and say, that's a journalist. That's, that, that's a you know person that I can trust with a hundred percent and, you know, follow them with everything that they say. Whereas if you, you know, view him in the scope of, no, this is a guy that that's on TV and trying to get clicks and, you know, is, is in the sports world. And I, I can kind of respect that because he, you know, he's he's in his own almost little bubble with, there are a couple guys, Pat McAfee's kind of in that realm too, where they're not supposed to be viewed as journalists or, or like hard-hitting analysts that, that you know, will discuss the game 100% of the time. You might get, you know, t- t- uh, rants and, and, and things like that where, you know, that's not what a traditional journalist does, but because it's Stephen A. Smith or because it's Pat, Pat McAfee, it's it's kind of entertaining and and you almost want that. So I think it's necessarily hate him. I don't think that he is. My thing about him is just don't view him as an analyst, view him as an entertainer and you kind of grow to accept it a little bit more because, you know, when he came in, he's loud. He's, he was very different than a lot of traditional, you know, obviously sports journalists, but if you kind of switch the, the thinking on him, at least for me, it, it, it creates a new almost like branch of journalism that he's almost spearheaded in sports and it's, it's needed and it's, it's successful obviously, but it's just, you need to view the two as, as almost separate entities.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's quite the character. And I like Pat, I like Pat McAfee because he does the WWE mm-hmm. stuff and that's kind of the stuff <laughs> I love too, because they are, mm-hmm. they are athletes. And so that it's weird because, that's why they do it. Right. Like I, Pat McAfee, I knew he's like, you know, the punter and everything. And then he does that. I'm like, Whoa, and now I'm watching his show and it's mm-hmm. you know, entertaining. And you know, you're a baseball player. So I'll throw you a curveball here and ask you a question on the spot here. Um, it was Pat McAfee paid. The story was Aaron Rodgers like half a million dollars or something like that to do an interview mm-hmm. on his show. And what do you think of that? Like we, we, you just said they're not journalists I get that, but um, (laughs) the public kind of doesn't understand all that, right? The public just sort of sees it all as the same thing, but do you think it's appropriate for guys like that to be paying athletes for these interviews and then guys like you are like trying to get a real interview? I mean, what do you think? I I think it is
1: uh, it's not fair. I would say (laughs) to, 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 you know, the, people that, you know, didn't play in the NFL and don't have a show on ESPN, you know, that they they can't pay Aaron Rodgers X amount of money to be a recurring guest on their show. But it is the direction that we're unfortunately heading where, you know, these athletes are asking for more and more money every single year. And so far it's been kind of within the realm of sports where, you know, they're asking for contracts from teams and the money keeps going up. But now you're seeing these athletes you know, that are saying, no, you know, I can, I can almost market myself. I don't have to go to the media and have interviews and do stories. That's why, I mean, the amount of professional athletes that have created their own podcasts in the past you know, year or two is unreal because, you know, they're saying, you know, you want to learn more about me through here, learn it through this medium. That's going to make me more money rather than, you know, (laughs) go, go to a, a journalist or someone that that's requesting a story and, you know, have to deal with, with what they want to do. Let's, let's do it on my own terms. And so it's, it's unfortunate for journalists, but I do think that it's, it's a good thing that it's, it's getting athletes identities and their, their kind of personal uh, face and who they want to be represented as out there. Because for a long time you, you see these athletes and they're nothing more than that, you know, oh, you better hit a home run or I'm going to be mad for the next 24 hours type of thing. Whereas, you know, this whole past year, I've been, you know, watching Mookie Betts' podcast and he's having, you know, different athletes of the different players of the teams that they're playing every series on his podcast. So, you know, the Dodgers are gearing up to play the D-backs. He has Corbin Carroll on his mm-hmm. podcast. It doesn't make me hate Corbin Carroll. <laughs> it makes me, you know, enjoy him and, and you know, kind of root for him a little bit. So it's this interesting shift where athletes are almost taking taking their kind of what's put out there in the media and almost owning it for themselves because they have the power behind it. And so Aaron Rodgers can do that because, you know, obviously he's getting a lot of money, but also now he kind of controls how he is viewed in the media because with him and Pat McAfee having a deal, I'm sure there's, you know, on the back end, you know, what questions can I can I ask? What questions can't I ask? And so it, from a true, you know, pure journalism point of view, it's unfortunate to see because maybe we're not getting the full story anymore because these athletes are kind of, you know, controlling what they say or controlling what is put out there about them. But from, if you look at it from a fan kind of perspective, it's, it's fun because you're seeing more of these athletes. You're rather than them, you know, you see them on the court and they go, the next time you see him is on the court, you know, maybe you, you watch a podcast episode that night and you learn about, you know, the the, the behind the scenes part of the game, stuff like that. So there's give and take with, with kind of the, the current state of, of stuff like that and how the athletes are handling the media. But, um, yeah, I think it just depends what,
0: what point of view you, you, you kind of see it from yeah that's right you that's a that's a stand-up double right there diego you you (laughs) get that really well okay so (laughs) perfect um so let's transition let's talk about you and and growing up i think it's so cool that you grew up in this community you went to san marcus high school uh, and you are back you graduated from cal poly you're giving back working in the same community that um helped uh raise you you know and so Mm -hmm. let's let's take back to little diego right okay so you played (laughs) baseball since you were three what you know t-ball or whatever uh talk to me about growing up in uh i guess it would be nolita Did you grow up i guess if you went to san marcus yeah 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 right
1: right around right near bishop bishop high school my 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 whole life um so yeah nolita that that kind of you know uh barrier there but you know i grew up appreciation for Santa Barbara that I think not a lot of even people that that you know were born in Santa Barbara and grew up there. Yeah, you know, I'm a fifth generation Santa Barbara native. So for five generations my family's been here and so I've pretty pretty deep roots here. My grandparents still live here. Um heavily involved in the kind of the community, especially the sports community growing up. Both my parents and both my grandparents on my mom's side graduated from San Marcos and grew up in Santa Barbara. So it's one of those things that I was kind of born into it and that there's not a, not, not a lot not to love about Santa Barbara. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it was hard for me to leave for college, even maybe just because, you know, you, you look at Santa Barbara and it's why would you want to live anywhere else? Um, but I mean, growing up here was was great. There's a great community of people. When you find kind of your your group of people here, they definitely bring you in. Um you know, growing up playing baseball I was my 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 dad was a coach. He was on the board at, at Goleta Valley South Little League. Uh, I played at Goleta Valley South from whenever they let kids start playing t-ball until they kick you out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I spent you know plenty of weekday afternoons and nights, uh, you know, running around the fields with my team. Um, and then you know, in the summers, stay there. You, know, you play play all-star baseball. And you get to the fall, and it's it's club baseball. So my, my world in Santa Barbara was definitely centered around baseball, but we had a, a, a great group of, of people that kind of you know came together, and we, we were a great team on the field, but just having that group of people around you um, was really special throughout my childhood, and to, to have it in Santa Barbara uh, was even better. And, and so when I got the opportunity to, to come back and, and work here, uh, you know, still living at my parents' house, but you know i'm twenty two I, I got a little bit of time uh, but um, it's great to be back Um, again, I love it here and and can't really ask for much more from a hometown that, that that you know gave me so much and so i'm I'm trying to trying to give back as best I could through through this job and, and like like I said earlier, you know, I knew what it was like you know growing up and you know you have a good game. And you and you you're going home on the team bus, and you're wondering, oh, is my my name going to be in NewsHawk tomorrow morning? Am I going to wake up and see, you know, and and so I remember what that feeling was like waking up and and checking, and then texting your friends, oh, you know, you got in there twice for 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 what you did, and
0: then you know, to be able to do that now is very special, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I um, just want to dive a little bit into the uh, sports baseball thing a little bit. I coached mm-hmm. my son for every number of years he played dp little league he's younger than you he's 18 so you guys did not overlap um but those are the greatest you know memories as a dad that i have uh because like it isn't just like baseball isn't just like showing up and throwing the ball and hitting what people who have not been part of that world don't understand is that you learn so much about yourself about you know your your colleagues your teammates you know as a coach other coaches you know your dad coached i coached mm-hmm. so much about the world and there's all these other skills that come up more than just you know throwing the ball you know uh, throwing bullpens and going through the, the the routines before a game you know and warm ups you know can you talk to me about like what baseball meant to you as, a, as a, a youth sports, as a high school athlete, and how it still lives with you today, even though you're not, you know, on the field playing. Yeah, um,
1: I think, you know, baseball has very much shaped me into the person that I am today, just because, you know, when you do something for, you know, whatever, 15 years of your life, it's bound to have a pretty profound impact on you. And I think wh- one of the ways I like to describe baseball is it's, a, it's an individual sport, you know, kind of disguised as a team sport. Because, you know, you're in this team and, you know, it's, it's nine against nine. But what it eventually comes down to is a pitcher against a hitter. And it, it's one-on-one. And I've kind of grown to realize that that's almost like, you know, how, how you want to translate those, those that view almost, you know, into life. Where you're going to have a team around you. You're going to have people, you know, coworkers, friends, family that are always going to be there and going to be on your side. But in the end, you know, you got you to do stuff for yourself. And so, you know, you can have this team and, you know, they can, they can get the bases loaded for you. But in the end, you're the one that's in the batter's box. You're the one that has to do the work. And so baseball kind of gives you that blend of, of experiences where you know how to work as a team. You know how to, you know, communicate with people. You know how to get a job done as a group. But then on the other side, you know how to, you know, step up individually when it's your time to do so. You know how to, you know, do things for yourself when it when it's just you up there, you kind of have nobody else to rely on. And it's almost like, you know, it's you against the world. And sometimes, you know, life or or whatever is thrown at you feels that way. And I think baseball does a great job at, at almost balancing that where you get the aspects of a team sport where. You know, you learn all those things and, and that you, you meet people and you, you know, I have friends that I still speak to that I met when I was five years old playing T-ball. And just because, you know, we, we were on the same team every year and, and you build those bonds. But then you can also, you know, grow stronger as an individual because of the nature of it and because of the way, you know, you kind of have to go do things on your own. If, if you want to go hit on your own or throw it, you know, you, you can do it by yourself or just with one other person. And so baseball is such a unique sport that I think it, it provides a lot more kind of life less life lessons than, than some other sports that some other sports may not just because it has that interesting blend of individual and team identity where they're both equally important, but you, and you have to kind of, you know, give and take with both of them. And that's kind of, you know, replicated in, in life in many different facets.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that it's perfectly sad. And just to add on to that, the the repetition of baseball, like you do the same thing over and over and over. like you're a middle infielder, you were, I mean, how yeah. many freaking ground balls did you <laughs> feel? Right. Even, and it, how many times you're like, I'm so tired of this, but you still love it. You know, you learn something every time. Right. Yeah. And uh, that the pregame warmups, right. Routine, but it's discipline. And then, Learning accountability, you know, you get the, the call to steal, right? You do it. You listen to your coach. You do not, do not listen to your coach. And, but once you go, you go, right? And you, that's yeah. all on you. And there's so much, it's like life skills. And I can kind of tell mm-hmm. who's played baseball, right? Because <laughs> there's like most baseball players take personal responsibility for their actions. It's like a really cool mm-hmm. right? and they're really, Self-motivated and hardworking. Yeah. Um, what did you go? Know? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: The other thing about baseball is it's you know it's naturally you know a losing sport. If you if you succeed three out of ten times, you fail seven out of ten times. You're a Hall of Famer. Like <laughs> there's no other sport that's like that to where yeah. you can be you can not succeed at what you're you know supposed to do the majority of the time and still be considered a great player. And so I think that in and of itself, just the fact that, you know, knowing that you are going to strike out, you are going to make an error. You are going to, you know, roll over to the shortstop amount of times in the season. Just the fact like knowing that that is true kind of gives you a a different mindset on things to where, you know, failing or, or, or not, you know, achieving a goal maybe doesn't have as much of an impact on you because you know that, that's okay. And that, that's just the nature of the sport. And then, you know, carrying it over to other aspects of life, failing happens and, and people, you know, it happens all the time and you're not, you're not going to achieve your goals the first time around. And I think baseball was almost like an introduction to that uh, for me and for, you know, however many other kids that play baseball.
0: Yeah. And you're right. And you learn to lose. And that's an important yeah. skill to be able to lose and move on right mm-hmm. how many times were you in the car ride with your dad you know and you have to <laughs> and you're probably younger crying you know and then when you're older yeah. you're silent you know but then you realize hey it's okay and everyone loses and winning is fun and if winning is better you know and it's just part of life right. uh diego what's your favorite moment either playing for galita valley south or in mm-hmm. high school for the royals Your favorite baseball memory? Uh, So, when I was
1: 12 years old, our uh, our club baseball team uh, played a tournament in Cooperstown, New York. So, it's a pretty pretty famous uh, youth baseball tournament. Cooperstown is where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Um, We're able to. It's it's tough to get into, um, but we were able to do it, and we ended up placing eighth out of out of 108 teams that that came from. All across the nation, we were the Santa Barbara Sharks. We were the farthest traveled team uh, out of the whole pack all the way out to New York. And just, you know, yes, we, we, we play, placed eighth, and that was way beyond our expectations against these crazy teams from Florida and Texas. Um, but it's just, you stay in, in the bunks, for you know, in the dorms for, for a whole week with you know, it's a bunch of 12 year olds and three chaperones that are your coaches that are more, you know, your friends than you look at as maybe adults. Um, and, you know, you're trading pins. Every every team brings their their own pins to, to Cooperstown. You're trading with other teams. You're meeting these kids from all across, you know, the, the country. And on top of it, you get to go play baseball once or twice, a, once or twice a day. You know, in between, you're playing wiffle ball. You're eating at the dining hall, sitting next to a kid that, you know, has grown up in North Dakota his entire life, and you know, I I grew up on the beach in Santa Barbara, and they're fascinated by it. And so, you know, that that experience was was so special, and it it went so much farther. And I think it kind of kind of opened my eyes to baseball and what sports can kind of do for for a person, but also just like for anybody for the world to where you bring together all these people they have nothing in common but they all play baseball yeah. and you kind of put yeah. them in this huge kind of facility with they're all sleeping and you know within feet of each other and just the best time and and baseball is almost just like an added bonus you kind of forget that you're there to play baseball while you're there and you know obviously the, the whole extra thing you know you go to the hall of fame the cooperstown such a cool area it's where baseball was invented so much history there and so just having that whole experience i would say is my best kind of moment in my in my baseball career uh just because of the bond that you create with the the team that you go with but also just the amount of people you can meet and and play against it's awesome
0: yeah that's such a great 12 year old experience you know being able mm-hmm. to Play all stars if you can and go as far, you know, and the little league. That's the little league world series year. And, yeah. uh, you know, so many only a few can go there. And if you can raise enough money, you go to Cooperstown, you know, and you can have yeah. that experience, which is, you know, life changing for so many kids. Because I'm not a sports writer covering high school, Diego, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you a tough question. Okay. All right. What's your worst memory on the field? Was it, did you let a ball go through your legs? Did you overthrow? Um, did you strike out? Um, or maybe it's just like a team thing. But what thing do you you're going to be thinking about? You know, a hundred years from now when you're, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's interesting because I have
1: you know the object, the, the kind of you know I've I've struck out four times in a game, and that that's that's embarrassing in and of itself, just that – just to say it, I've, I've had games where I've had. But it wasn't, it wasn't
0: against DP, right? So you, you can. No,
1: it wasn't. I, I always played super well against DP. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, my, my last game, uh, senior year of high school, senior day, everything. Um, we were up by one run against San Ynez in the seventh inning. Um, and there was a runner on third, two outs. And a little dribbler got hit. So, like it, it popped up over the pitcher's head and it kind of dribbled to me. And I went up, scooped it up and went and tried to make the, the hero play because it was senior day and I was feeling good and thought I was, you know, on top of the earth. And I threw the ball and the other teams dug out <laughs> and, uh, and they scored a run. Luckily, um, uh, shout out to Isaac uh, saved me with a walk-off double the very next inning. So, Ended my baseball career on a high note, but individually, um, that wasn't a very fun moment. And of course, I forgot about it as soon as you know yeah. Isaac hit that double, and and we're all mobbing him in the middle of the field. But that's always always one that that, that sits there for a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about baseball is you go into the dugout that inning just thinking, oh my god, it's all my fault. And then just like that, it changes, you know, and that's the beauty of sport is you're, you know, you're only one, you know, in that situation, you're like a swing away, you know, from tying or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, someone's on. So that's great. And Diego, I just want to talk to you about it, about Cal Poly, before we wrap up. So you chose to go kind of nearby, right? An hour and a half away Mm -hmm. to university. Uh, What about that program? Like, what did you, what did you learn there? What did you take from it? Are you a, What specific print online? What what was your focus specialty on?
1: Yeah, so I graduated uh, with a journalism degree with a concentration in public relations. And um, it was not necessarily a a decision that was, you know, I want to go into public relations, but um, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I applied to Mustang News after committing to attend Cal Poly Uh, again, you know, kind of got into journalism the fall of my senior year. And then knew that Cal Poly had a good journalism program. But other than the fact that, you know, you see on their website, it says award winning. I didn't know much about it. Um, so I applied to Cal Poly, got in and accepted. Once I accepted, uh, I said, all right, I want to get involved. I don't want to just, you know, show up and be taking classes. And that's the, that's my college experience. So I applied to Mustang News probably May of my senior year of high school. Um and I got in and then I began as a sports journalist, uh, in my first year. Uh, so I was, you know, going to games, basically every sport that they offered, I was lowest on the rung. So I kind of, I kind of got whatever nobody else wanted to cover. Um, and so that was, you know, tennis, soccer, and then, you know, it it eventually led to basketball, baseball. Um, and that was great. It's a, Mustang News now, uh, post-COVID, has moved to a um, monthly paper, monthly physical newspaper, uh, but daily online. Um, and so, yeah, I was, began as a sports journalist my first year, uh, but then COVID hit uh, was March of my uh, freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I was walking over to the baseball field because Cal Poly was hosting University of Oklahoma, and I was super fired up to cover that game because – you know, you don't see, you know, the schools like the university of Oklahoma come to Cal Poly often. And I got the notification fans are not allowed. And I texted my editor, media members still allowed. He said, yep, you're good. And I took about walked about 50 more yards. And then the notification came all big West sports are canceled. Mm -hmm. And so I turned around right back to my dorm and, um, we were sent home a week later. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there we were forced to adapt to online only you know zero face-to-face interactions which you know i'm sure you know is very difficult especially for me you know i was kind of just getting the hang of of journalism and and being a journalist um going to games interviewing players coaches um you're forced to to, to do nothing and that kind of rolled over into the second year where there were no in-person classes and i was only able to start going back to sporting events spring of 2021 uh, and so, around that time, uh, I was interested in becoming the sports editor a little bit. Um, the the editor before me had reached out, and so I, I decided to apply. And then, and I be, uh, was named the sports editor, um, which is what I the position I held for third and fourth year, uh, junior senior year. And you know, once COVID was over, really, you know, kind of elevated my entire college experience, obviously, but I got so many opportunities to grow as a journalist and as a person, but as a journalist, uh, before COVID, I was scared to interview people. Like that was the one thing is I'm naturally an introvert. And so it's kind of like, it, it takes me a little while to, to, to get up to doing that. But, you know, by by, by the end of COVID, and by the time I was editor, I had gained that kind of confidence and the Cal Poly journalism program is so amazing. It, it it really follows that Cal Poly learn by doing slogan where, you know, for classes it, I would show up to a, lecture, a, a hour long lecture. And the professor would say, all right, you guys can go out uh, just walk around campus and interview three people about blah, blah, blah. And that was, that was the lecture for the day. Mm-hmm. And so doing things like that is, is so valuable. And, you know, not, not many programs have that, you know, kind of, go out into the field and actually do you know what we're setting you up to do post-grad do it now so that time you are post-grad you, it's smooth and it's like you've done it a thousand times before you know and being in mustang news only elevated that because you, you on top of going out and doing all these things in classes you're doing them you know outside of class going to sports games talking to people um we got the opportunity to travel to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to cover the NCAA uh, wrestling championships for a senior project. Me and uh, two of my classmates, Derek and Miles, our senior project, the, the Cal Poly senior project capstone course, is produced two multimedia stories throughout throughout the quarter that really kind of encapsulate everything you've learned uh, with Cal Poly journalism. And so we did a story on. Um, the women's volleyball coach, Caroline Walters, photo, video, writing, editing, everything like that. Again, it kind of encapsulated everything. And then we decided to just follow our wrestling team for the whole season. And we were able to, 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 to get the opportunity to, to go out to Tulsa and that was super cool. Um, but Cal Poly journalism is such an amazing program. And, and the, the, the learn by doing aspect is absolutely there. And it's so special because you, you know, you get these experiences, and by the time I was graduated and joined Sock, it was it was stuff that I've been doing for for two years, and so it, it it didn't seem as you know pressure. There was not not as much pressure on me because I've written recaps before, I've interviewed coaches before. This is just like Cal Poly, just I'm doing it in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and so that program is is so special, and it, it'll forever have a really really um, big place in my heart, uh, and I love Cal Poly.
0: That's great. Well, uh definitely, Diego, uh New Sock is a lot better and brighter in its future because of you for however long you're gonna grace us with your your presence here. Uh, you know, you do a great job and it's just impressive as somebody who's, you know, been doing this for 20 years and you're at the beginning of your career to to see somebody who's um so so enthusiastic, ambitious, talented, skilled hungry and uh, local right just has that context yeah. so you're kind of in the perfect place the perfect time right now and so i'm real excited mm-hmm. to read new Hawk sports keep reading it and, and watch your coverage so thanks a lot so much for for being on the show and sharing a little bit about your story
1: yeah absolutely thank you very much it was, it was super fun and i look forward to you know <laughs> continuing the coverage
0: yeah, the next one we'll do will be Pat McAfee style, and we'll just talk yeah. sports. We'll just talk trash the whole we, time. We can, I can do a show like that with you yeah. because you're a Dodger fan, so you're good.
1: Yeah, there you go. That, that's my end. All
0: right. Take care. Thank you.
1: All right. You too.